Trinity Lutheran Church. I'm Pastor Tyson Bibb, and a special warm welcome to any guests and visitors we have joining us this day on this Reformation Sunday as we rejoice that we are saved by God's grace through faith alone, and this is all uh, through faith in Christ alone, these glorious truths revealed to us in God's Word alone. We uh, gather this day around Christ's word and sacrament to exactly receive those things, the Lord's grace, his favor, the forgiveness, life, and salvation which Christ won for us on the cross. And I do, would like to uh, take a moment here, if you are a visitor among us this day, we will be receiving the Lord's body and blood, but we do ask that those joining us at the altar share our confession, that is, by being either a member of this congregation or another member congregation of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. Uh, this, of course, being a loving and biblical practice that I would love to discuss with you more uh, should you have any questions. I'll uh, turn your attention to the service proper here. Uh, if you'd flip to the inside back cover of your bulletin, we have this focused on Christ section, which is a summary of today's readings. As it says there, wisdom is justified by her deeds, that from the gospel lesson. And the true wisdom of God, Christ Jesus, the incarnate Son, justifies us by his deeds. He prepares his way by the teaching of repentance, but he has suffered the violence of the law and voluntarily handed himself over to violent men that we might eat and drink with him in his kingdom and remain in the house forever. For he is a friend to tax collectors and sinners, and he has rescued us by his grace from the slavery of sin and death, by the proclamation of his eternal gospel to those who dwell on earth, to every nation and tribe and language and people, that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. And by the hearing of the gospel of Jesus Christ, whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Our service this day is Divine Service Setting 3, as it is found on page 184. We now sing the first hymn. Almighty and gracious Lord, pour out your Holy Spirit on your faithful people. Keep us steadfast in your grace and truth. Protect and deliver us in times of temptation. Defend us against all enemies and grant your church your saving peace. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. The first reading for the Festival of the Reformation is from the Revelation to St. John, chapter 14. Then I saw another angel flying directly overhead with an eternal gospel to proclaim to those who dwell on earth, to every nation and tribe and language and people. And he said with a loud voice, fear, not, or fear God and give him glory, because the hour of his judgment has come, and worship him who made heaven and earth, the sea and the springs of water. This is the word of the Lord. The epistle is from Romans chapter 3. Now we know that whatever the law says, it speaks to those who are under the law, so that every mouth may be stopped, and the whole world may be held accountable to God. For by works of the law, no human being will be justified in his sight, since through the law comes knowledge of sin. But now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law, although the law and the prophets bear witness to it. The righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe, for there is no distinction. 
For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. This was to show God's righteousness because in his divine forbearance he had passed over former sins. It was to show his righteousness at the present time so that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Then what becomes of our boasting? It is excluded. By what kind of law? By a law of works? No, but by the law of faith. For we hold that one is justified by faith apart from works of the law. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 11th chapter. Jesus said, From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has suffered violence, and the violent take it by force. For all the prophets and the law prophesied until John, and if you are willing to accept it, he is Elijah who is to come. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. But what shall I compare? But to what shall I compare this generation? It is like children sitting in the marketplace and calling to their playmates, We played the flute for you, and you did not dance. We sang a dirge, and you did not mourn. For John came neither eating nor drinking, and they say, He has a demon. The Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they say, Look at him, a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Yet wisdom is justified by her deeds. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God the Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Please be seated. The sermon text for this Reformation Sunday is from the Gospel lesson, Matthew 11, verse 12, where we hear these words of Christ our Savior. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has suffered violence, and the violent take it by force. This is our text. Well, dear saints in Christ Jesus, the word of God is always opposed. Does that surprise you to hear that? It shouldn't. You see, from Eden until the last day, wherever the word of God is proclaimed, the devil will be there, hissing his lies and furiously resisting the fact that he, our old evil foe, has been conquered by Jesus the Christ. You see, on that dreadful day in Eden, those many, many years ago, the juice of forbidden fruit was likely still on the lips of Adam and Eve when the Lord took upon his holy lips his promise, the promise of the seed who would crush the head of the serpent. From that moment and to every generation after, the Lord continued repeating his promise. Through Noah, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the promise of the Messiah was proclaimed, believed, and confessed by God's faithful people. Centuries of sacrifices performed at the tabernacle and later the temple all pointed to the once and for all time sacrifice that was to come. Generation after generation, the Lord's chosen people rebelled against God and were called to repentance by God's prophets, and the repentant were graciously forgiven by God. In the midst of this march of time, the promise concerning the Messiah echoed through the centuries in the faithful proclamation of God's prophets, many of whom were persecuted and killed for their preaching. The word of God is always opposed. 
We see this in the gospel lesson today. You see, John the Baptist was locked up in Herod's prison. He was the prophet foretold by Malachi when he said, Behold, I send my messenger before my face, and he will prepare the way before me. John came in the spirit of Elijah, preaching, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Indeed, in Christ, the kingdom of heaven was at hand, for the king of kings and lord of lords had visited his people. John the Baptist led a simple life, a hard life. You see, he didn't care for the finer things. He was a man laser-focused on the mission God had given to him. As with so many of the prophets before him, John suffered violence, and he was hated by the unbelieving world. They didn't know what to do with him. He wears camel's hair for clothing. The man eats locusts and wild honey when he does eat. He's one of those crazed upstart prophets, an obsessed religious fanatic. And yet, dear saints, the Holy Spirit worked mightily through the faithful preaching of John the Baptist. As St. Matthew records, Jerusalem and all Judea and all the region about the Jordan were going out to him, and they were being baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Say what you want about John the Baptist, but he was God's chosen prophet, and he was dedicated to the task God gave him. He faithfully bore witness to the one who would come after him, the one who would baptize with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Nevertheless, the word of God is always opposed in this world. John the Baptist was arrested by Herod, locked in prison, and beheaded after Herod was forced to honor a careless oath that he swore after drinking too much wine. As Jesus said, from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has suffered violence, and the violent take it by force. In other words, from the days of Adam and Noah, Abraham and Isaac, all the way through Jacob, Moses, David, and Solomon, through centuries of preaching by the prophets, the kingdom of God has suffered violently at the hands of violent men who would seek to snatch it away. And yet, God's promise endures. Yes, it is true that the word of God is always opposed in this world, but the word of God always endures. The word of the Lord endures forever. The word of God is eternal. The word of God always accomplishes the purposes for which it is sent, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, the purely taught and preached word of God creates faith in the hearts of those who hear it. Dear saints, you need to understand that no preacher in this world will ever satisfy all of his hearers all of the time. It has always been the case among God's people. Jesus makes this point today in his riddle when he says, But to what shall I compare this generation? It is like children sitting in the marketplace and calling to their playmates, We played the flute for you and you did not dance. We sang a dirge and you did not mourn. You see, this generation which Jesus speaks of was the people hearing him speak these very words, the very same people who also heard the preaching of John the Baptist before him. It didn't matter how the word of God was preached to them, they were never satisfied. Jesus continues, For John came neither eating nor drinking, and they say, He has a demon. The Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they say, Look at him, a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. You see, John the Baptist was what we call an ascetic. That means he didn't care about creature comforts or luxurious living. He often fasted. However, when he did eat, you know his diet well, locusts and wild honey. He didn't care what people thought of him, and he did not care who opposed him. He preached God's word with unyielding conviction and zeal, and for all his efforts, his opponents said, he's demon-possessed. 
Jesus, on the other hand, he came eating and drinking, even blessing a wedding at Cana with an inconceivable volume of the finest wine. Jesus came in compassion, healing crowds of people from illnesses and demon possession. He came preaching that the kingdom of God was for all repentant sinners, even welcoming tax collectors and other undesirable people. And for his efforts, his opponents said, look at him, a glutton, a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Some people are never satisfied. The word of God is always opposed in this world. Nevertheless, both John and Jesus were faithful in their preaching and teaching. John the Baptist, he represented the last of the Old Testament prophets, those who had foretold the coming Savior. And now with the arrival of Jesus, that Savior, the long-promised time had come. The fullness of time had come. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen His glory, glory as of the only Son of the Father, full of grace and truth. But as I've said multiple times already this morning, the Word of God is always opposed. Jesus said, from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has suffered violence and the violent take it by force. Well, Jesus, the word made flesh, was himself opposed by you and for you. Jesus suffered violence from violent lawbreakers, the very sinners he ate and drank with. Those who claimed that John the Baptist was demon-possessed, they believed the lies of the prince of demons and they sought the life of the king of heaven. Jesus allowed himself to be taken by force. He was beaten and spit upon, falsely tried and falsely convicted. The people he came to save, they cried out for violence, crucify, crucify him. When Pilate washed his hands of the situation, he said, I am innocent of this man's blood. See to it yourselves. And all the people answered, his blood be on us and on our children. You see, for a moment it appeared that God's promise was going to fail. Jesus was scourged, suffering more violence, and then he was delivered to Pilate, or delivered to be crucified. Our old evil foe, Satan, looked like he just might win the day, that he might snatch away the kingdom of heaven, just like the birds devouring the seed in Jesus' parable of the sower. It is true that the word of God is always opposed, but dear Christians, the word of God always endures. The word of the Lord endures forever. You see, the word of God who became flesh and dwelt among us accomplished the purpose for which he was sent. The king of kings fulfilled his own law for us, his lawless subjects. Jesus, who is the Lamb of God, foretold by John, was the final sacrifice for all sin. And he cried out in a loud voice, and he sent forth the Spirit. The promise was kept. In the death of Jesus, all was fulfilled, all was accomplished, all was finished for you and for the whole world. Salvation unto us has come. Jesus, the promised seed of Eve, had crushed the head of the serpent. Our old evil foe was defeated. And on Easter morning, the dawn revealed the fullness of what God had accomplished as Jesus rose from the dead, alive and victorious over sin, death, and the devil. Alleluia, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. In Christ, your sins are forgiven. St. Paul writes, but now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law, although the law and the prophets bear witness to it. The righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe, for there is no distinction. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. You see, you, dear baptized Christians, you are God's beloved people, his redeemed people. 
Through faith in Christ, you have received the forgiveness of your sins and the promise of heaven itself. As surely as Christ is risen from the dead, so you too shall rise on the last day and enter into eternal paradise. This promise of God was delivered to you personally in the waters of holy baptism, wherein you were joined to the death and resurrection of Jesus. And in that washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, you were given the forgiveness, eternal life, and salvation which Christ purchased on the cross with his holy, precious blood. God placed his triune name on you. He claimed you as his own. You are God's treasured possession. You belong to God. Therefore, God be praised. Nevertheless, we still do live in this fallen world. Christ has not yet returned. And despite all these precious gifts of God, which are more than efficacious, we have to acknowledge that we're not in paradise yet. You see, until Christ returns on the last day, the word of God is opposed by the devil, the world, and the old sinful nature. Now, the devil, he's defeated, and he knows it, which is why he's so angry. He has no claim on you. You belong to God. Therefore, until Christ returns, the devil's going to continue to do what he does best. He's going to lie. He's going to lie with the intent to lure you from Christ and ultimately into unbelief and death. Jesus said of the devil, he was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Therefore, dear saints, spite the devil. Overcome his lies by reading, studying, and hearing the word of God daily, this eternal gospel which has gone forth to the world. Spite the devil and be in the Lord's house at every opportunity, giving him thanks and praise for his grace in Christ Jesus and receiving his blessed sacrament, which gives forgiveness, life, and victory over the devil. As for the world, well, don't get too distracted by all the treasures which moth and rust will destroy and thieves will break in and steal. Instead, store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. In other words, Use the time, talents, and treasures God has given you to love and to serve your neighbors, knowing that what your Heavenly Father has promised you in, in eternity, well, that's far better than anything this world can ever give you. And as for your sinful flesh, don't let it lead you away from Christ's word and sacraments. We're always going to be tempted to do what is easy and what feels good in the moment. If you know it's against God's will, don't do it. If you do it anyway, repent. Repent. And know, just as Luther teaches us in the small catechism, that you are baptized. Know that you are forgiven in Christ and pray that the Spirit would strengthen you against future temptation. Now, since this is Reformation Day and this is a Reformation Day sermon, you were probably wondering when I would mention Martin Luther. And if you're keeping count, that's twice now. However, if Luther was still among us today, he would be quick to tell you that this day, Sunday, it's all about Christ. Not about him. After all, it is called the Lord's Day. As God's baptized people, we have been gathered by the Holy Spirit to hear the eternal gospel of Christ, which is spoken of in our reading from Revelation. It was the same eternal gospel that the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther was concerned about all of his life. The word of God was opposed just as strongly in his day as it is in our own today. And as it was for John the Baptist, so it was for Luther. He did not care what people thought of him. He did not care who opposed him. He preached God's word with unyielding conviction and zeal. And for all his efforts, his opponents said, he's demon-possessed. Anathematize him. Nevertheless, 
The word of the Lord endures forever, dear saints. The word of God always accomplishes the purposes for which it is sent. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, the purely taught and preached word of God creates faith in the hearts of its hearers as it has done with you. Therefore, dear saints, rejoice in Christ our Savior, whom our Heavenly Father sent to overcome the devil in this sinful world, for by his Spirit you have been given the forgiveness of your sins and the promised kingdom of heaven. The word of the Lord indeed endures forever. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Now the peace of God which surpasses all understanding, watch and guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Let us pray for the whole Church of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for the comfort of the gospel restored to your church on earth through the work of Martin Luther and other faithful pastors and leaders during the Reformation. We praise you that by your rich grace we have come to the sure knowledge that we stand justified before you, not by what we have done, but rather by faith in what your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, has done on our behalf. We implore you, defend your church from all enemies of your saving word. Cause your eternal gospel to be proclaimed in our time to every nation, tribe, language, and people on earth, and graciously preserve your truth for generations to come. Lord, in your mercy, Lord, make us truly your disciples. Keep us in your word, free us from all errors, and make our homes and families peaceful. Preserve all fathers and encourage them for their godly task that children would be brought up in the fear and instruction of the Lord. Lord, in your mercy, be with our catechumens. Teach us also to hear and learn your word anew as disciples with them. Lord, in your mercy, have mercy on our nation. Give us good and faithful rulers who will govern after your good pleasure. Give us comfort and a right understanding of your rule in this world, that we would not be deceived to think earthly powers will last forever but have confidence in you alone. Your kingdom come, Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayers for the sick and those in any need, especially Bob Rash, Chuck Lichty, Erlene Lakey, Lisa Rash, and Ted Phillips. Answer their prayers, preserve them by your promises, and bring them safely through this world to everlasting life. Lord, in your mercy. Gracious Lord, we thank and praise you for your continued goodness to your servant, John Motman, whom you have blessed with 90 years of life in this world. Grant that he may continue to know your loving kindness, abide in the confession of your care and protection, and in all things glorify your holy name. Lord, in your mercy, you have given us the certainty of sins forgiven in your Son, set forth as the propitiation for our sins by his blood to be received by faith. So lead us to eat and drink your holy body and precious blood in repentance and faith, now and always. Lord, in your mercy. Lord God, Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have brought us by your word out of the darkness of error and into the light of your grace. Mercifully help us to walk in that light. Guard us from error and false doctrine, and grant that we do not become ungrateful and despise your word, but receive it with all our heart. Conduct, conduct our lives according to it, and put our trust in your grace. Through the merits of Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Well, again, a very blessed Reformation Day to you all here.
wonderful to have so many strong voices in church this day. Uh, I have quite a few announcements before we close. Uh, the first of which, uh, thanks and praise be to God once again for the 90 years of life given to John Mottman. That is what the altar flowers are uh, dedicated uh, in celebration of uh, his birthday. Uh, and then also, just a matter of, of church business here, the nominating committee is going to be meeting in the office uh, immediately following worship. So if you're part of the nominating committee, please uh, go to the office there uh, immediately after worship. And then also, uh, there will be a parent meeting for the Christmas program. It's hard to believe it's time to start talking about these things already. Uh, but there's a parent meeting for the Christmas program, which will be held in the auditorium on November 14th. So two Sundays from today. This is just kind of a save the date. Uh, and that'll be in the auditorium after worship on the 14th of November. Um, so then as far as the announcements that are there written in the bulletin, of course, we have Sunday school and Bible study immediately after service this day. And this afternoon, uh, if you are willing and able, there is a circuit reformation service that will be held at Zion Lutheran Church in Moberly, Missouri. This is a tradition in our circuit to uh, gather together uh, as the people of God in this area, in the Carroll Circuit, which actually comprises quite a large area of northern Missouri, uh, to gather there uh, to continue the celebration of, uh, of Reformation Day. Uh, tomorrow, Monday, uh, 9.30, I'll have my pastor's reading group in uh, Liberty, and then also then on Tuesday, a week earlier than usual, we'll have our circuit pastors meeting as the district president will be addressing the circuit pastors there. Uh, this coming Wednesday, we have our midweek school at 3.30, fitness class at 6, choir at 7, and then this coming Thursday at 7 p.m., we have the church council meeting, so members do note that also. Our church newsletter for November is out. Please grab a copy of that either on your way out over there or on the glass case out in the other entryway. And since council is coming up, you know then that a voters meeting is on its way. That'll be on Thursday, November 11th uh, at 7 o'clock. And uh, just another save the date, really a couple of them. Uh, the first of which being Thanksgiving Eve service. Uh, the Thanksgiving Eve uh, evening prayer service will be on Wednesday, November 24th. That will also be at 7 p.m., so please mark your calendars. And then Advent, again, it's hard to believe it's time to begin thinking about these things. Uh, we'll be having midweek evening prayer services, which will begin at 5.45 p.m. I know that's a bit of a different time for us. Uh, but we'll have uh, evening prayer throughout Advent this season. A light supper will be served prior to worship each week, and uh, you can see the November newsletter for further information. Anything that I may have missed? A lot of announcements today. Well, God's peace be with you as we go in this glorious truth that we are saved by grace through faith in Christ alone. Uh, I'll greet you at the door.